Good morning, and welcome to the Jesus That's Good News podcast. This is a space where we share the gospel, aka the good news, to anyone who has a vulnerability to pull up a chair at Jesus' table with no reservation needed. I'd like to make a reservation, please. Yeah, one reservation. One reservation. Uh, how many? Uh, just for one? Just me. I'm a loner. Okay. <laughs> hey, good morning, Devin. Good morning. How are you? Good. I expected you to come on singing the UK fight song. You know, um, I should have. And I could play it on here if you'd like me to. I'll play the Moorhead fight song. Yeah, that's right. Your team's doing well in the NIT. In the NIT, they upset Clemson. That was really exciting. They're going down to UAB today. So when this podcast comes out, we'll know if the little tiny Moorhead State Eagles are continuing. It's really cool. Come on, Eags. It's like I was telling you, though. Like, I totally respect their coach. And Taylor and Jacob um, were in house church with him. And they know him really well. I think he's a good That's guy. That's really cool. I think he's a good guy. So good luck, Eagles. But talk to me about UK. I think they're on the agenda for today. We're playing Kansas State today, who's mm. playing really good basketball. Um, so we got to bring our A game. It's going to be interesting to watch how this whole thing plays out. My, my bracket's already busted, like in so many ways. The whole countries. Did you see they were showing videos of, of guys who had bet on the Purdue game? Or Purdue to go all the way, and, like, people were, uh-huh. oh, yeah, they lost a lot of money. Hannah and Jenny, I'm so <gasps> sorry. That's right. That's their yeah. alma mater. Oh. I, I didn't text them because I knew it was probably, it was real bad over there. Right. Real Just bad. FYI, Hannah and Jenny. Hi, Hannah and Jenny. <laughs> they are two of Devin and Katie's best friends, and they um, graduate from Purdue, right? Mm. Big boiler makers Ooh. over there. So, yep, it's been it's been a fun March Madness, though. Um, I'm kind of just rooting for all the number one seeds to go down at this point. Let's just let's just play ball. It's fun. I know, um, Devin, before the podcast, we were talking about it and you said, what was it? A little seasonal depression hits in after March Madness. Yeah. I mean, on April 4th this year, I need everybody to check in on me because (laughs) I'm not going to be well. Basketball is over. Yeah. Honestly, I feel a sadness in my heart. No, I get it. You were just so passionate about it. The women's March Madness. Yeah, Ohio State's doing well. Also, you know, something everybody should tune into this year. Yeah. Um, It's going to be a great rest of the tournament. A couple great teams in there. Not a big South Carolina fan, so kind of rooting for them to go down. But Mm. I think they're going to win it all. They're pretty pretty dominant yeah they are and that uh young lady from iowa that can drain three-point shots i'm a fan of hers i want from like half court it's just nothing for her to pull up and do it oh my gosh it's amazing a woman's basketball no doubt she seems like it yeah so lots of heroes in in sports right now like i know that you have a hero yeah, I have a couple heroes. Yeah, but share like who are your heroes? I know the I know one. I know one. Kobe Bryant. Of course, Kobe Bryant's my dog, and I love Kobe because yeah, I mean he's a hero in the basketball world. That's how I kind of got you know mm-hmm. how he was introduced to me. Um, they just don't make Kobe's anymore. The mindset, the competitiveness, the champion. The he's just a winner. That's what I really respect about Kobe. Of course. Those are great qualities to respect. And I don't think there's anything wrong with having heroes. I shared with you the other day, there's an author that I really like. So much of 
what Henry Nowen was the gentleman's name, so much of what he talked about and what he wrote about, I totally identify with and, and just, just respect his courage Mm -hmm. and his honesty, especially in the, in the darkest moments of his life. But here's where I want to make a distinction between the good part about heroes and the not so great part about heroes. And I asked you the question, let's say that I was hosting a dinner party Mm-hmm. And Kobe Bryant walked in and Devin mm-hmm. Beasley walked in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a lot of people would be scrambling because they want to sit with Kobe. No doubt. So would I. And I said I would choose you. <laughs> oh, Jules. Okay, but let's turn it around, though. <laughs> okay. Who's your hero? Henry Nowen. Okay. Okay. So Henry and Devin walk in. There we go. I don't know. I'm, pro- I'm probably uh, drawn a little bit to Henry because uh, I don't yeah. get to talk to him very much. But... <laughs> You know, and there's nothing wrong with having that desire to sit with someone that you respect, obviously. But the beauty of the table of Jesus, and we're going to talk about this today, is he is not a respecter of persons in the way that we are. You know, just because you were voted most athletic, Devin, in high school doesn't mean that Jesus (laughs) would want to sit with you more. Or he would say, come and sit at this honored place at my table. Yeah. What we find out about Jesus is status is not really didn't, a big deal to him. Didn't matter. And it can be a big deal to us. And I think that's where the mindset changes when we think about the kingdom of God. You know, when we pray the Lord's Prayer and we say, you know, your kingdom come, when we ask for that, for the kingdom to come. Do we understand what we're really asking for? Exactly. The upside down kingdom. Oh, I've taught you well. I love yeah. it. Right. And that the love and the compassion and the grace that Jesus has isn't just for the best and the brightest or even in churches. It's not just for those who attend church 52 times out of the year or those who can quote scripture. No, Jesus is saying, I don't elevate one individual above the other. And that and that. okay, therein lies a challenge, by the way, because if we believe in that kingdom, Devin, what do I do with the Adolf Hitlers of the world? Ooh, that throws a wrench in things, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So when we say to love and to love well, some people are like, oh, that's an easy gospel to believe in. I disagree. I disagree too. That's a challenge. Especially, I mean, obviously the Hitlers of the world is a pretty, you know, intense statement. But when you think about the people in your everyday life who mm-hmm. maybe have betrayed you. Yeah. Like, how do you go on loving them? Yeah, the people I really enjoy hating. Ooh. <laughs> That's right. a terrible confession to make. How do yeah. you do it and do it well and do it right? Mm. So let's take a look at Jesus's lack of favoritism. In Luke chapter 14, we're going to look at this. Jesus was invited to um, a dinner at a Pharisee's house. Remember, folks. When we hear the word Pharisees, we can insert our favorite word, asshat. But because it's Lent, I'm adding a penny to this weird joke. Okay. <laughs> a butt hat. A butt hat. So anyway, so I'm going to ask Devin to read a little bit about this. And then we're just going to kind of riff about equality slash favoritism and all that kind of stuff that we see happening around this dinner table where Jesus is at a Pharisee's house. Devin, in Luke 14, do you want to pick it up? And by the way, before we get too far into it, Devin, like it starts with a healing that he does, but we're going to kind of skip over that because we've talked about healing for the past couple so weeks. So casually. Which is awesome, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we're going to get to some other kind of theme here. Mm-hmm. 
All right, here we go. Skipping over the healing, and we're at Jesus at a Pharisee's house. So read verse 1, and then go straight to verse 7. All right, you got it. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. Which, by the way, before we go any further, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. He was being carefully watched. Well, it's the Pharisees doing Pharisee things, just trying to set him up. And and they do in that little bit of scripture. So sidebar, if you guys have any opportunity to read through the scripture, take a look at that and see, again, the asshats that the Pharisees are <laughs> at work. Yeah. Okay, Dev, go on to verse 7. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor. For a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. Okay, wait. I got to stop on that one too. Yeah. Okay, because I have this image. Someone shows up. I was just at a wedding yesterday. Yes, you were. I was at table number one. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Okay, but let's say that I had not been assigned to table number one. And I just sit down at table number one because I'm thinking I am all that. At the head seat. Yeah, and what if the uh, parents come over and say, mm, sorry, Julie, you're actually sitting where we're assigned to. Yeah, someone a little more important than you needs to have this seat. Ooh. The ultimate embarrassment, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. this is kind of where Jesus is going with this parable. All right, go ahead. Sorry, Deb. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> Then humiliated, right, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Oh, that's so good. So good. Highlighted, underlined, all the things. Everything. In my Bible. Exclamation point. So yeah. why highlighted for you, Devin? It's the for those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Because that is the upside down kingdom. Mm-hmm. And something that I personally can remind myself of every single day to take the lower seat. You know, um, I think we can get on these paths of feeling good about ourselves and start to lose sight of what's really important. And that being the upside down kingdom and where we think that, you know, we're kind of all that in a bag of potato chips when that's not, that's not how Jesus wrote, wrote it. No, not at all. Not at all. And we all could be humbled, I think, every now and then. Oh, man. To, and brought down to what really matters. I think in all of us, there's this little presumption that I'm just a little bit better than Mm. some other individuals. Yeah. Like, why is that human nature? I don't know. It is. It is, isn't it? I don't know if that's like evolutionary. (laughs) And I'll tell you what, sidebar, if social media hasn't fed into this, I don't know what has. I mean, the whole idea of likes. Mm. Followers, or yes, and or yeah, how many friends do you have? Like, hey, Jesus only had 12 followers, so let's remind ourselves of that, or we could say 12 <laughs> friends, you know, just 12 friends. Yeah, we know right. he had more than that, but I mean, yes, I look at people, some individuals have like over a thousand friends on the, and I'm like, do you do you though? It's about quantity instead of quality. But anyways, now I'm going to get sassy, Devin. No, I mean, I think, I think you're right. I think this, I think social media plays 
a huge role it feeds how we feel about ourselves doesn't it Mm -hmm. and we talked about in bible study the other day like the ego is never satisfied yeah you're always going to try to fill it and you just got to feed it over and over again you guys before we ever push record on the podcast i have to Devin makes me read a number of statements (laughs) and they and they are Devin you are awesome Devin, you're the best Devin. No, I'm it's true. No. <laughs> it is so yeah, not true. But yeah, the ego is never satisfied. And oh gosh, we could just do a whole podcast devoted to that. But let's let's move on here in verse 12. Let's see who Jesus uh, recommends to the host, who he should invite to the dinner. Then Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends your brothers or sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Mm, Quite the dinner list there, isn't it? Mm. Here is where context is really important. Banquets were often given um, in the outdoors in Jesus's time. And what would happen is people would come and attend the dinner. And then people of lower status uh, would be walking by. And the idea is that they would marvel at who was at the table. Oh, wow. So you would have the banquet outside so that people could see how awesome. You're showing off. Yeah. And so Jesus is like, you know those people who are watching on the periphery? They need a seat, too. That's it. This is why I so love, Devin, what you say at the beginning about a seat at Jesus' table. No reservation needed. Just pull up a chair. Everybody's welcome. This is a huge challenge to the host. And you guys, this is a huge challenge to you in all that you do, whether it's... And, and the table is a metaphor, by the way, Devin. The author of the book of Luke talks about Jesus sitting down for dinner more than any other place in scripture Hmm. because he knows something special happens at the table. And he knows what we have just been enlightened about is that inclusiveness can happen at the table, but he lives in a world of exclusiveness. He, Dr. Luke, who wrote this, knows that Jesus is talking to individuals who are worried about status, who are worried about um, impressing others, who are worried about social credentials and Jesus is saying invite those with no credentials to the table what a challenge yeah nothing should be for show exactly and how much I don't you know I don't mean to dog church Devin when we get on here but I have just been around church as an organization not as a body of believers but as an organization I've been around it for a long time and so much of what happens at church is all about the show. Lights, videos, horses on stage. <laughs> and I'm, I'm only saying that because I've actually seen a horse on stage at a church before. So, uh, yeah, Jesus is saying, hold up. This isn't what it's about. No, and I'm going to, and even, okay, so you, I know you had attended a large church before and you saw the horse on the, st- on the stage. <laughs> I will say it was a cool message. But it was a bit, it was a bit much. Okay, so here's what I, here's what I can tell you that in little tiny Pike County where I live, which is very Appalachian, we have a lot of smaller churches. And so what you see on a micro level, if you will, are individuals who say you have to wear a dress 
because mm. a dress makes you more holy. Mm. Men must wear shirts and ties, right? And what I'm saying is God's not impressed by that. He, he's not about the glory. He's about the humility. Yeah. We talked about the tassels last week. Yeah. Some of the Pharisees, we talked about how to make themselves appear more holy, they would wear can you imagine get the biggest tassels big you got a big old that almost sounds you know size doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna make you put a penny in the jar for that one because the innuendo is so bad but no they would have like you know five foot long tassels things that sound weird but i just to appear more holy or to to try to build themselves up that they would have more holy credentials, if you will. And Jesus, the whole time, he's on about it. I mean, in all of his miracles, you basically see Jesus saying, shh, you don't got to tell, tell anybody about this. Yeah, I'm not about being on the front page of the news or you don't need mm-hmm. to list my stats. Jesus attempted five healings today. He was five for five, folks. <laughs> Jesus shooting 100% from the field. No, Jesus wasn't about that. So here's what I want to do. I want to break down this dinner party just a little bit. See if you guys can identify with any of this. One of the things, reread verse 7 for me real quick, Dev. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. So, yeah, the guests show up, and there apparently was a battle for the most prestigious place at the table. Probably towards the head of the table, Mm -hmm. right? Closest to the host. And I'm guessing that in this parable, there was, you know, like a fight. No, I'm sitting there. No, I'm sitting there. No, I have... You know, I'm the best. No, I'm the best. And so Jesus is like, no, this is this is shameful. And how shameful for the people who aren't even close to that spot. Oh, no. Like I, who the people who have to pull up a seat eight tables away. Okay. Like, so let me tell you, I th- and we talked about this the other night in Bible study, Devin, that they, like some dinner hosts, according to things that I have read, would intentionally invite a few poor people to the banquet just, just to make that. themselves feel better. That's like today when you have to talk bad about somebody else to make yourself feel better. It is. It's a lot like that. I have to confess that sometimes I do that. Yeah. I mean, we it's human nature. I know, like, but like I, don't like, I don't like that aspect. And that's of, the fight. That's the battle of it is. Jesus. It is. Because one of the things that Jesus is pointing out is that those who demand recognition, you're never going to get enough. Mm. When will it stop? You will never be satisfied because your pride has no boundary. And so it does beg the question, Devin, like, do I battle for the seats? Mm. Do I battle for my special place at the table? That's a hard-hitting question. And I like that Jesus brought up the point, no, you should be inviting the poor, Mm -hmm. the lame, the blind. Not to elevate your status, but because that's what love is. That's what love does. And this very last piece of scripture, although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. There's somebody at work, or I don't know if it was my previous place of employment, somebody's tagline, and I'll never forget it, like at the signature of the the body of the email. Yeah. They quoted, a true man's character is when you do something for someone who cannot repay you. And that has always stuck with me. Especially in business and corporate world, mm. you know, people are always trying to climb the ladder and that right. may be having to take somebody else down, uh, you know, on the way or doing something for someone to get the return of a promotion right. or whatever it is. But that is exactly what Jesus is talking about here. 
you should be inviting those people because you love them, because you are love, not because of what they can do for you. That's right. You know, we're having this conversation about it because it's not the norm. Right. How sad is that? This is why we're having the conversation, because this is not how the world operates. A lot of times when you're really good at something, Devin, I think that you believe that you know, the gifts that God has given you is all about you, but really it represents the goodness of him. Ooh, come on. And he is placing those into your life. It's a blessing that you're receiving, not something that you should be showing off. And I think Jesus too is saying, how is she going to handle this? Mm. Here's this blessing. How is she going to handle it? Again, like we talked about probably a month ago, the testing of your faith. Yeah. So if I give her this 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 gift of whatever it could be, what's she going to do with it? It's kind of mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're right. When you said that about the testing, you know, here we have Jesus in, in the desert, you know, and he could do anything that he wanted to. And Satan's like, man, turn these stones into bread. Jesus is like, I mean, he could have touted, right? Yeah. He's like, all day, Satan, all, all day. day. I'm, turning, <laughs> I'm turning stones into bread. Yeah. But he discovered he wasn't going to be a self-serving kind of savior. Mm. And so the cha- mm. that's the same challenge with us. Devin, God says, I've given you these gifts. What are you going to do with them? Yeah. Is, it all, is it going to be all about elevating yourself? Or are you going to use them in a way that brings people closer to me? Jesus is saying, I'm inviting you to this party. Where are you going to sit? You got it, Devin. Absolutely. And so when we look at Jesus sitting down for meals, they represent something bigger than just sitting together and having bread and wine. He is literally trying to model what the kingdom of God looks like and it's a new kingdom and it's a new world and it's a whole new outlook so there was a common expression and we have to remember that jesus's jesus's world was heavily influenced by greek culture and there was a greek writer who at the time his name was cicero he had a simple saying that said rank must be preserved in other words in society your identity and where you stand in the pecking order is really, really important. You have a poor rabbi from Galilee who's saying, no. Doesn't matter. Not the case. But people did everything they could in Jesus's time to preserve that rank, Devin. And man, I'm so glad we don't have that problem in the 21st century. Yeah, right. (laughs) Me too. I know. Thank Jesus. We've really evolved. (laughs) But no, just some things that like people would do, like, okay, clothing represented rank. Mm-hmm. And I can't even say that without laughing. I mean, it does the same thing today. No doubt. What brand are you wearing? What bag do you have? What shoes do you have? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, like you see somebody walking down with a designer bag. Oh, she must be Ooh. so-and-so. I know, right? It automatically makes you form opinions immediately about someone yeah. based on either what they're wearing or what they're carrying. The car, the drive, the house they live in. It's a man, could that be a facade? Oh, yeah. It's just a house of cards waiting to crumble down Mm. sometimes, isn't it? Titles were a really big deal back then, too. Mm. I shared with you how I was joking with you earlier, but you had the title of most athletic. Was that Boone County? Uh, Connor High School. Connor High School. 2014, most athletic at your presence. (laughs) It's so stupid, regardless. It, I told uh, I told you earlier that in high school, back in 1963, my father was voted as having the best personality. Let's go, Big Raj. 
And dad, if you're listening, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> but titles are a big deal. You know, titles are still a big deal for us. And they were back in Jesus's day. So get this. Okay. Have you ever heard of Augustus? Emperor yes. Augustus. Mm-hmm. He wrote a book. He wrote a book about himself and it was called The Deeds of the Divine Augustus. Like that's the title. It'd oh, be wow. like it'd be like Devin Beasley writing a book that says The Deeds of the Amazing Devin Beasley, written by yourself. I should start it. <laughs> and another <laughs> And another writer, Plutarch, wrote a book. I cannot even make this up. Okay. The book is called How to Praise Yourself Inoffensively. <laughs> Humble brags. I mean, I'm sorry to say, I think it would be a bestseller today. Like how That's to hilarious. elevate yourself without pissing other people off. That's crazy. It is. But this is what Jesus was fighting against. Yeah. And man, what a battle he had. Probably. I mean, think about that. He is still fighting that today. And it's probably one of the biggest battles. It's a call for us to humble ourselves. And it is so hard, you guys. It creeps into every aspect of our lives, doesn't it? This pride and this this need to elevate ourselves. And so here, let's go back to the dinner table for just one last moment. So here we have people who are fighting for the seats at the front. Yep. Perhaps many of them had the titles that we talked about. Perhaps many of them were wearing really fine clothing. And here sits Jesus. And here he is, who's basically a homeless, itinerant preacher, right? And doesn't really even have two nickels to rub together, but there's something about him that sets him apart. It's beautiful. He's saying there's a new kingdom, you guys. This isn't what it's all about. Yeah, the old ways are going to be gone. And if you're going to be a part of my kingdom, you got to start thinking differently. And it's just not easy How often do we seek our own glory? Too often. And Jesus is calling us to lowliness to a certain degree. Lowliness in spirit and servitude. He's he's asking us to be what we call maybe a a servant leader, right? Mm. Which is in stark contrast to a pecking order. During Bible study, we were talking about one of Jesus' final acts on the night that he was betrayed. He, he, He displayed for us what that looks like. What does it look like to drop your pride? And do you remember what we talked about, Devin, that night? Yeah. He washed feet. Yeah. Disgusting. And he said, I am no better than you. And imagine these feet, not to make light of it, but... Feet are disgusting. A, feet are gross. They are. B, the feet that Jesus was washing, they didn't have shoes. Right. They didn't have access to get a pedicure. (laughs) Like... These were some no petties and no mangled feet. And Jesus said, I am no better than you. Let me wash the dirtiest part of your body. Oh, my gosh. And when you read that, Peter, who is just always so emotional and so reactive, he's like, no way, Jesus, you're not going to wash my feet. He was upset that Jesus would debase himself. Hmm. He removed his robe, tied it around his waist, that he would debase himself and wash what you just said the dirtiest part of their bodies. It's beautiful. Jesus gets down on a level that's just not equal to them, but lower than. Jody told a really powerful story the other day 
Um, and I was there when this happened. Jody serves pretty regularly with my aunt. I'm going to give a shout out to her, Kim Moore. Shout out, Kim Moore. She's part of an outreach in Columbus, Ohio, that they call uh, LOV, Love, Local Outreach Volunteers. And Jody and I have had the privilege of going up there a couple times with her um, just to go serve people. And we were, if you're familiar with Columbus, uh, we were up 315, up on 315, uh, off 315, close to where Mount Carmel Hospital is. And we went to, and we were at an underpass. And Jody and I were getting stuff ready to take to some homeless people that were over there. And one gentleman in particular stood out. And I remember she told me in the moment that he had the most beautiful blue eyes. So she goes over there and um, she gives them some stuff. And Jody, of course, you know Jody. She never meets a stranger. <laughs> never. <laughs> she probably heard his whole life story, hugged and, no doubt. you know. No and, er, yeah. mom's birthday, everything. Yeah. She's an Enneagram too. So, so full of love and compassion. And I'll never forget she sat down in the dirt with him yeah. and he said, Oh ma'am, you shouldn't be down here in the dirt with me. And Jody's like me. Yeah. And Jody said, I think this is exactly where I need to be. Oof. I'm like, damn Jody. That's powerful. It is. And she meant it. Mm. I'm not trying to elevate my sister as something special <laughs> necessarily, <laughs> but there's no cameras there. That is Jesus. Nobody knows that this is happening. Type of love. Jody wasn't wearing five foot long tassels Mm-mm. or a dress that would make her seem like she was especially pious or than. exactly, exactly. And so that is the call. That is the challenge for us, Devin. Can we let go of our pride a little bit and realize it's not about what you call, what you said earlier about climbing the social ladder? Yeah, but instead go the other way go down and get down into the dirt with the people around us yeah yeah shout out to jody that's beautiful and this is what i think jesus notices you know i mean can you imagine can you imagine if we served one another like that how the world would be different be a better place and it starts with us like that's it does the crazy thing is that we can do that (laughs) yes it does you know every saturday on our facebook page i issue people or i issue everyone a challenge to go out and just love people and my friend terrell another shout out to terrell she responded the other day you know like she went out and ran into several people that she knew and she hugged them and told them that she loved them i mean come on people let's do this thing love is a verb it sure is so this is a call to action you guys this is a call to action. What can you let go of this week mm. to, to lower your pride and uh, be Jesus to the world? It's so good. It's so good. It Take just the, is always so good. So good. Take the seat of less importance. And you know what else I can do to put into action? What's that? When Kentucky plays today, oh God. I can just wish that everybody has fun. <laughs> <laughs> I can take the lower seat and take my pride. I'm gonna call it away. <laughs> I'm gonna call you in the middle of the game and see how that's going. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm gonna find other ways <laughs> to put my love into action <laughs> this weekend. I think you will need to re-listen to this podcast to get your head screwed on straight. Over. And there over you again. go. Okay. I mean, it's just so good. So uh, remember, I I think the great Teresa of Avila said, and I'm paraphrasing, you know that 
Christ has no body but yours. He has no hands, no feet but yours. But yours are the ones that he's going to use to to basically mm. serve and love the rest of the world. Your hands, your feet. Be the hands and the feet. Yeah. Love it. And what else is so good is Julie's post on Facebook. Elevate me a little bit, would you? Because yeah. I'm going to be the best <laughs> Facebook poster ever. But seriously, check out the Facebook page. She is always just posting just great videos, great clips to get your mind right. Um, and also just words of prayer that you can just, you know, settle into if you need that for the morning. And we'd love to interact with you on Facebook as well. So feel free to shoot us a DM or comment. We're always here. Absolutely. And we'd love to pray for you as well. And I love the interaction, Devin. I would just, I would love to hear from people, even if you just said hi. Um, yeah. Let us know you're listening and you know, you have a safe space here. Pull up a chair. There's no reservation needed. So on behalf of Julie and myself, here's to the good news. May we be it, may we seek it, and may we spread it. So pull up that seat. There is no reservation needed, as Julie said. Amen. Be well, friends. <laughs>